a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs. Welcome back, everybody, to the most valuable sports podcast. It's your boys back once again, Brainerworth. Joe Nagy in studio, and we have an absolute banger for you today on the state's birthday, Joe. It's it is. Michigan's Happy birthday, birthday Michigan. It's, what a day it is. We need to, I don't know how they make a cake for the I Mitten think you state. just got to make it as Michigan. Yeah, I guess like, how would you put it? Fun fact, I made a Rice Krispie uh, model of Michigan. Did, did you really? Yeah, my history class in fourth grade. That's so cool. To make like a diagram. Thing. And what was it like? Did you? I was just a, it was this? just a map of Michigan that I made like in, in the shape of Rice Krispie treat, and then like I covered it with frosting and stuff like that. So like there's like the rivers and like the lakes and all that stuff. Ah, uh, that's yeah, really wild cool. stuff, man. That is wild. Took me a long. Well, it took my mom a long time. I didn't make it. Oh, you just directed it. Yeah, I was just like, hey, can you make me this? And she's like, yep. <laughs> You're the overseer in the, the operation. I was the supervisor. <laughs> that's yes. great. But anyway. Happy birthday, Michigan. And of course, we are a sports podcast. We are not a baking podcast. We could be. We could be. You never know. Special episode. We are pretty good at baking. But anyway, Fair State Sports Report, as always, is previewing the weekend on deck, as well as all the things going on within Fair State Athletics. And we also have a great interview on deck with Kenzie Bowers of Fair State Women's Basketball, talking about the upcoming slate and her journey from Division I back home to Division II. Certainly a cool story as well. But first... Joe, we got the Ferris State rundown, my friend. It's going to be interesting one, Brandon. Big weekend. Michigan Tech is coming to town today, 126-2023, as we record. It's a 5.30 tip-off for the women's, 7.30 for the men's. That one's going to be exciting. Michigan Tech near the top for the women's. That's going to be a big game for them. Northern Michigan on Saturday, it's 1 and 3 o'clock. That one's going to be cool, too. They're near the top for both of those programs, as Northern is top of the table on the men's side for the GLIAC. Very exciting stuff there. Ice hockey as well. 607 and 707 face off with that one to take taking on Minnesota State Mavericks. That one's going to be a big one. Minnesota State's at 14th in the nation right now. And it's going to be big implications on how the CCHA is going to go. There you go. Without further ado, let's swing it to the interview. Now joining us in studio, Fair State Women's basketball player Kenzie Bowers stops by. Kenzie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Kenzie, thanks so much for coming on. First question for you. Two tough losses last weekend against Wayne State and Saginaw Valley, but what's been going on at practice this week? What's been the main focus to get ready for two tough teams who are high up in the GLIAC standings this week? Yeah, Tech and um, Northern are really tough teams, so I think we're just trying not to hang our heads too much about the last two games from last weekend and just just change our focus, figure out what we got to do better, and just right now, focus is completely on Tech, so... Hopefully we'll get a win tonight and then a win Saturday. Absolutely. And really with the matchup tonight, a team that you guys certainly have probably circled knew was going to be a top table competitor for this season. Uh, what are the things that you see with this tech team that you guys can really work on tonight, especially and maybe capitalize on to hopefully get a W? Um, they have very good shooters on their team. So I think if we can really um, get up on them and not let them pick us apart and not let us, them just take easy threes, that's a big thing for us. And I think that we just have to be lot more aggressive than the last time we played them and hopefully um we could shoot better than like 20 percent from the field this game it was so bad last game it was just one of those games absolutely no one was on so hopefully at least one person is on one person is on tonight if two people are on three people are on that's even better but 
it, it's got to be better than last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, tough, tough sledding last time for sure. But uh, before you were a Bulldog, you were at uh, Illinois State going from Kent State then to D1 basketball. But now at Division Two, what have been some big, the biggest differences that you've noticed and some similarities between the two levels? Yeah, honestly, I thought there was going to be a lot more differences, but I've noticed that there's actually a lot more similarities. Um, I think one of the nicest things that I've enjoyed is having my summer off now. Um, it was just a lot like you literally get no time off. But now to have at least a little bit time off, get some time with my family and friends at home over the summer, it was very nice. But really just not a lot of differences like I thought there would be. Like it's just it's still high level basketball. And that's one thing that I don't think people notice. Like these people are still working hard. Still a lot of good basketball players on the on the floor and yeah, it's still, still very competitive basketball. Yeah. And going back to uh, when you were at Kent city, obviously doing a lot of great standout things. I know me and Joe were, uh, heard about you. Obviously we were in the gold conference, but you were in the silver, but we had heard about you and all the great things you were doing. What originally got you into basketball and what made you decide, you know what, I'm going to try this out at the college level. Um, I have two older brothers and they both, they both played a lot of sports, but they both played basketball. And, um, I think, being close-ish in age to them, you know, I was very competitive with them and playing basketball outside with them, going and watching all their games all year long. Like, I think that's kind of what originally got me into it. And then Kent City had a very good program throughout, even when I was in elementary school, just had a very good program. So I think knowing that they had a good program um, and being able to go to games and watching them win was another thing that pulled me into it. And I mean... I got to play for a good program still when I was in high school. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And the Illinois state team that you were on was able to make the tournament in March. What was that like being able to play at the highest level of college basketball? Honestly, I don't think I ever thought that um, at the division one level that was ever going to happen to me. Like you, you really want it to happen and you like work towards that goal so much. But when we won the um, MVC tournament, it was just insane. Like all of a sudden it was like, holy crap, we we're going to play in the NCAA tournament. And then we got back that night and we watched the um, show to see who we were going to play the selection show. And when we saw we were going to play Iowa, that was just another like, holy crap, like I'm going to play Caitlin Clark. Yeah, <laughs> like, wild. Insane. So it was, it was just unbelievable. It was something I'll never forget. So much fun. Absolutely. And you definitely uh, spent the time at Illinois State and then you end up finding your way back here at Ferris State. What was that kind of that process like of uh, starting to kind of look at other schools potentially for transferring and then getting that process in and ending up on Coach Westendorp's squad? Yeah. So um, I definitely missed home. Like I just five hours away was a, it was just far away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was so funny. I actually know. Maya Hiram on the team, I know her from before this year. We we played AAU against each other forever, it seemed like. We always said we were frenemies because we were friends, but then we would play each other so much, so we had to be enemies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually reached out to her knowing I wanted to go closer to home. I reached out to her just saying, like, hey, do you know if um, your coach is looking at transfers at all? Like, would he take me if I was interested? And she reached out to Coach Westendorp and – he was kind of like, yeah, like I would definitely be interested in her. Like I know she's a good player, (laughs) (laughs) but then, um, I didn't end up talking to many other schools. And then it, after I came on my visit here, it just, it just felt perfect. It just felt like it was supposed to be like, I'm only 45 minutes away from home. I get to go watch my sister play because she plays in the conference around here. And 
it just it just worked out so well in the end. And I'm so glad to be a Bulldog now. That's great. And being from Kansas City, you're used to that small town life. Big Rapids is a pretty relatively small town. It's only really the college that makes up the whole population of it. But when you're in normal Illinois, was there kind of a big difference? I mean, that's not a huge city in and of itself, but still a lot bigger. Has there been like, was that kind of tough to get deal with? And then now obviously back in a small town, how does that feel? Yeah, it was definitely a bigger town for me. Um, Kansas City is teeny tiny. So <laughs> um, this definitely feels more right to me in that sense too. Um, normal Bloomington area was definitely an adjustment. And I know me and Jolie on my team have made that connection because she went to Wayne State and she was from uh, Zealand West area. And she was just like, yeah, after I went there, like definitely just felt like I still needed that small town vibe. Like I, that just wasn't for me. And I could connect with her about that. So yeah, I definitely enjoy being in the smaller town a little bit more. For sure. Absolutely. You've mentioned your uh, connections with Maya as well as Jolie, but with the overall uh, just going into the team, obviously over the summer and into the early part of prep, what was that feeling like of really getting to be a part of the team and starting to learn all the schemes and prep is now you get ready and now and you're halfway through the season? Yeah, along with um, Maya and Joe, I also knew Shauna before I came here. I played AAU with her. So there was a lot of connections like me and Caden didn't necessarily know each other, but I know we followed each other on Instagram and TikTok and whatever before I even came here. So there was a lot of connections before I came here, which was really cool. And it made that adjustment really easy. But now it's so cool because some of these girls are my best friends and I just absolutely love this team. They're so much fun to play with. Yeah. And especially in a conference like the GLIAC, which is arguably one of the toughest ones in division two, yeah, Grand Valley, who's near the top, if not the top team in the nation at, mo at most weeks. What's that kind of like going from the NBC now to the GLIAC, which I mean, could be competitive with a lot of D1 programs. Yeah. I think both conferences are like NBC was one of the best mid-majors in the nation where GLIAC is one of the best division twos in the nation. And I just feel like we have one of those conferences where any game is anybody's game like anybody can go in and win that game it doesn't matter if they just had a four game losing streak like we're on so hopefully we'll get <laughs> it's tough skid we'll it's tough skid but tonight. there's there's a yeah. chance to turn around yeah That's every right. team goes on a skid sometimes yeah exactly so you never know who's gonna take a win just because everyone's so competitive and everyone's a good team yeah, absolutely. And you guys certainly a uh, little bit of a, a home stretch here before you go back on the road. What's the differences as far as preparation when it comes to being at home, being at Wink, where you can still be in classes, you're not on necessarily on a bus. And then some days you got to go over on Thursday to start doing it up to Houghton. What's the big difference as far as your preparation as well as just the overall team differences and how you prepare? Um, when it's home, I feel like there's a lot less to worry about. Um, it's just nice to be able to go to your classes still and, you know, you come in the gym, do your thing, go home, do homework, go to class, whatever it is, sleep in your own bed. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice too. So nice. Underrated, but, yes. Oh, absolutely. We also travel with the guys on the road, so it can be kind of a tight squeeze, which sometimes isn't the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have to double up, so we, don't, we can't lay down oh, our seat. That's, and, brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. That's right. It is brutal, but um, it is fun being on the road sometimes, like, you know, we, when we were just at Wayne and just at um, Saginaw, both of those schools have very nice gyms. So it's fun to play in different gyms like that. And even last year, like going to other schools like Iowa and it was just so cool to prep in a gym like that and 
be like, holy crap, I'm playing here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we've heard, um, we had Amari and Jimmy on the show, and they were talking about some of the road trips and how Coach Bronkema usually is the one that picks out the movies. Does Co- Coach Westendorp get his pick of movies sometimes on the road, or is it always given to the boys first? They must be watching movies on their own trips, because we haven't watched any um, oh, together yet. interesting. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like one of, you had them all up on the on the screens together, and it was like popping a DVD, but it must be something, maybe something different. I don't know. So <laughs> that's very interesting, though. But uh, obviously with the... Uh, the, the huge schedule coming up. I mean, you guys are preparing obviously for March when all the, all the great basketball moments happen as all basketball fans are. Uh, what are some of the things that you well, guys, especially as a team want to improve on, especially with a, a tough stretch coming up at the end of the season, as well as just preparing for the ultimate tournament here in this upcoming March? Yeah, I think we just got to keep our mindset, right? Um, I think we just have to stay really focused too. Um, sometimes this is that stretch in the season where you can lose some focus, lose some passion for the game, just because it is such a long season and we just talked about that. Like keep that passion inside us, keep that focus inside us. Like let's keep winning games. Let's start winning games <laughs> even. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a lot of focus, I think. Absolutely. Kenzie, thank you so much for coming on. Last question for you here. We ask everybody that comes on the show, what's been your favorite part about being a Ferris State Bulldog? Um, I think, I think the team very, very much like this is just, one of the best teams I've been a part of and it's just so much fun. Like literally two weeks into the school year, we go on a team retreat and I feel like I've known these girls for years. Like it was just so much fun and I love the atmosphere. I love that. There's always a lot of, a lot of fans at our games and you know, it helps that we're a winning team and the boys are a winning team. The football team's a winning team. Like it's just such a fun atmosphere going to all the different type of games. That's Absolutely. awesome. Well, Kenzie, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We wish you the best of luck in Tech and Northern this weekend. And once again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Kenzie Bowers for coming on the show Got again today that she's got to get ready for. So very appreciative of her time to be able to get on the show. Michigan Tech is coming to town to start off the Fair State Sports Report. That one's going to be exciting. We got about three and a half hours on our end. It's about 2.04 for us until tip-off of the women's game. Brandon's going to be a big one. Michigan Tech near the top of the standings. Big implications, but hey, we can do some damage. Three games skid for the women's side, but I think we can really come in and uh, surprise some people. This is a statement game. Yes, it I is. I think it really comes down to especially for being in a situation like this before with my own basketball team back in my senior year of Talk high school, to Talk where to it was a really rough time going through a skid of pretty much having won seven of the first eight, and then you end up losing five of the next eight. That's yeah. a tough spot to go. That's through like a reverse a Detroit Lions type deal. It is honestly. And that neck, that first game where you break the ice it is more crucial than ever. And I think when it comes back to the matchup that we saw these two, uh, when these two teams played last, uh, all the way back on December 11th, uh, we ended up losing that game 67 to 52 for the women's squad. Uh, really, it just came down to the second half was a little flat. It was 20 to eight in that third quarter score. Uh, it just what really the, the basketball wasn't falling. We were one of 16 shooting uh, yeah, in that quarter by mean. itself. And when Tech ends up going eight of 19, that definitely can show you the difference right there. But mm-hmm. I mean, overall, this team, really is this is a talented basketball team like beyond talent wise fundamental wise really good team four quarters is really the only thing that holds this team back and because when you look at all in these last couple games that they've played uh in the in the majority of the schedule over the last three where we lost to Wayne State we lost to Saginaw Valley we lost to Parkside we were in every single one of those games right Parkside lost a little bit of gas in the fourth quarter uh, Saginaw Valley State 
got absolutely stomped on in the second half by an immaculate uh, performance by uh, Kalen Zaricki uh, mm-hmm. and Tori DePerry and Wayne State. We just fell apart in a little bit in the final minutes. And really, out the other 35 minutes we're talking about for the for these games, we're just fine. We're right with all these teams. We are beating some of these teams. And it's just holding that together that is really held this team back right now in an 11 second record, 11 and seven, excuse me, instead of 14 and four. That's really the only difference mm-hmm. here. This is a big time statement game against a really good team at home. The fans are going to be rocking. No Michigan's tech travels, Joe, because we've seen yep. them do it plenty of Saw times. Saw that for hockey. That was rough, man. Yeah. So we're going to have to bring it tonight. The fan base going to have to bring it tonight, y'all. It's free. Come on over as well as on Saturday. Yeah, why would you not? Sign. You're a student. Yeah. What are you what are you doing on Thursday night? Yeah. I mean there ain't nothing going on. Yeah, we're gonna need you. And then we know all- you have Friday classes. Well, nobody has Friday classes. No way. Unless you're bad at scheduling classes. Well, some people do have Friday classes, but the amount of people that I know that wait until like two weeks after classes open the schedule that didn't even have classes scheduled, like I feel bad for them. Yeah, I do. Uh, well, also I don't because you have a chance. Regardless, it's got to be a big time. It's free. My, like, it's free entertainment. Why not? And it's good food at the at Brutus Bistro. I mean, it makes no sense why you're not going. Brutus Bistro is underrated. But that's beside the point. You should be there anyway to support the dogs. 5.30 and 7.30, of course, tonight, if you're listening, if you are an immediate upload listener, we love you. Also, yeah, sure. if you listen to this later, we still love you. But Still love you, but I mean, where are you at the game? You can make sure you got Where are you at the game is the real question. That's the question. We'll really love you if you're at the game. Um, as well as on Saturday, Northern at 1 and 3 o'clock. They're going to be honoring the championship teams from this last fall. So you can see all the trophy ceremonies house. and all that cool stuff. All of your fellow student athletes and classmates getting their rings. It's a really cool moment. Um, so you can be sure of that. But Michigan Tech is a team that um, we've seen in years past. They are a, a really disciplined ball club. They, they play the right way. Way. fundamentals defensively yeah. they are usually very stout uh and i mean they have a lot of talented players ellie mckay's been there for a long time she's really been the got the upset against grand valley last go week to. yep they beat grand valley last week so they're coming in on a high note they're eight and one right now tied with gv after that huge win so they're looking for everything to get a win tonight but we got to play our we got to play our ball for 40 minutes not turn the ball over and as long as we shoot okay and out rebound we should be in good shape Joe. Yeah, they're on a 6 game heater too. I mean, they haven't lost in a fat minute. I mean, they're also 10 and 1 in the past 11 games. So, it's going to be a tough looking uh game for this one, but I think if we just play where we're not being terrible at shooting, I think we're being pretty solid because when we have that, it really makes it so our offense is a lot more versatile. We don't really have to rely on Chloe way too much. We can open the ball. We can open the floor a little bit. We know they're a good shooting team as well, so it's going to be probably back and forth. But when we're on our home hoops, I mean, we shoot like crazy. We shoot the lights out the place. So very excited to see how this one goes, especially with Northern coming to town Saturday. Very excited for that too. What that one looking like, Brandon? Yeah, Northern's going to be a great game. I think really you're going to see a motivated team from us. We beat them up. Uh, at their place up in the Barry Center. Uh, but they're going to be hungry as well. I mean, Northern certainly isn't a team to slouch at for how well they've played uh, overall this season. I mean, right now in the standings, they're ranked fourth. Just above us. Yeah, they're fourth right now. So they're holding on to, to home playoff uh, advantage as far uh, as location for these games. So they're in a prime spot at six and three right now, two games ahead of us in the conference, mm-hmm. even though our records are exactly the same and overall with us having more non-con wins. But uh, I think the biggest thing, especially with uh, Northern Michigan, um, especially when you know, also we look back at the um, the December 9th game that they play, which you take a grain of salt from that because, you know, every game's going to be different and it's especially going to be different. The fact of when you see that game go happen, uh, you're going to make changes, obviously. So it doesn't happen twice in a row because then they make you look foolish as a coach. Um, But I mean, Northern did not shoot the basketball well. 
at home. Like nah, pretty, pretty butt cheeks. They went, uh, yeah, that's the description. One of 13 would be the description of butt cheeks uh, from three point shooting. Northern Michigan shot. We were seven of 22, which isn't great, but it's a lot better. Um, free throws. We, we left a little bit at the free throw line um, and they out rebounded us a little bit, but as overall we definitely didn't turn the ball over. This is one of the best teams in the country. As we put on our wild stat Wednesday post in assist to turnover ratio, we take care of the basketball and don't turn it over a lot. And as long as we do that, we can really key your, we can have time to create our offense. And I, that's the biggest key when you're going through some offensive slumps. You need time. You need progressions within your playbook to start getting things moving around just because it doesn't work once doesn't mean it won't work the third time because something will change. And when you have the basketball more plays than the other team and have more opportunities to get that sinking, that's when you get on a hot streak. That's when you make an eight nothing run. And for a lot of these games, that's the difference between winning and losing for this team. Absolutely. And you know what other spot has some pretty big implications is men's basketball. Same teams going down, but this one's pretty big. Men's basketball is right behind Northern Michigan uh, on the conference standing six and three for fair state seven and two for Northern Michigan, Michigan tech kind of bottom of the table. However, we've seen them play spoilers so far this year against some other teams, but this one's going to be a big one, especially with Michigan tech. They're kind of known to play big ball and as well as they can hit it from three as well. Our shooting has been pretty solid lately. However, when we played them last time, we played pretty terrible uh, from beyond the arc. I think we only made 68 points and then 77 points one night too. So it's going to be interesting. Ethan Erickson is going to be back, which is good. I'm pretty sure. He right? is already back. Yes. He is already back. That's yeah. what we like to see. Yes. Back from uh, concussion protocol. So he's going to be lighting up from three, I think, uh, especially being back home. I know that he likes the hoops here. He didn't have the greatest shooting performance at Saginaw or Wayne State, but I think, you know, especially with his confidence and his abilities, he's not going to be worried to throw it up a little bit. Solomon Regbu is going to be able to toss up some. Ben Davidson. I say watch out for Michael Bingham. He's due for a big game. Ooh. I think one of these two, you're going to see him, you know, break that 20 threshold and really get some uh, momentum going with some dunks and stuff like that however this team they can fill it up from anywhere anybody can be that guy for this team so it's going to be interesting but northern michigan is going to be the biggest 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 task excuse me of this weekend yeah it's definitely going to be how do we play against the wildcats now to overlooking the huskies they're going to play their hearts out as they always do and they're coming in with the upper hand having beat us up in holton earlier this year but i think that you're absolutely right i think this is uh, a really good game where you're going to see a lot of versatile scoring obviously ethan's going to be back he's going to be getting a lot of attention as the top 10 shooter in the nation from beyond the three-point line uh but i think when you look down as really how we play at home uh i think you definitely see a more grittier uh, a more I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it passionate is the word that comes to mind, but I think you're passionate about winning games whenever mm -hmm. you step on the floor. And I think like especially with any sport, I think that comes to like our experience as well, Joe. But uh, I think it definitely when it comes to this team at home, we can definitely find a hot streak a lot more efficiently and quickly than we do on the road. Um, and I know you don't want to rely on that necessarily. We're especially going through the rest of the season, but the way they've been really beating teams on the boards as of recently, that gives you a really nice, safe cushion, safe haven uh, in case the shots aren't falling. Absolutely. And the dogs are 11 and home. 11 and 1 at home, excuse me. 11 and home. I like yeah, that. Yeah, 11 and home. 11 and home. Are, 11 and 1, only loss coming from Lake State earlier on this season. But when you got a stat like that and a record like that when you're playing on your home floor, you definitely can say that a lot of these teams are going to come in. They're going to be a little bit nervous to play. Uh, however, you just want to make sure you're playing your game and that's going to go through it. Uh, I mean, our way is really when we've kind of been really falling from the ball, I guess. Right. We're three and three, but Which, home, I've don't bet against the dogs when they're on home. No. Home ice uh -huh. on, uh, on a wink arena at home floor. Whether ice 
hardwood, gridiron, whatever it is at home, you don't bet against the dogs. Yeah, and that's for sure because we have a great fan base that just needs to show up every single week, y'all. I promise it's a lot more fun when you show up consistently and make it a hard venue. Cause it's that's, fun when you get loud too. Yeah. It makes the game more fun when you're more involved with it. And I, and I hate like going through like all these uh, episodes where we're talking about uh, how our fans could be better. The fans are great, but when you want to get to that next level and be championship type teams, you need that support behind. I will these say this. Backs. I will say this. We have great community uh, support. However, you're not going to see a lot of the older people get loud and get up. And like get like really into the game, right? Probably because they're at risk for a heart attack. Oh boy! <laughs> um, but when you don't have students, like I mean, obviously we have like the student athletes and stuff. But when you don't have students there, like getting loud, getting rowdy and stuff, then it's kind of tough. But yeah, I think it's been good. I feel like the athletes have really stepped it up. Yeah, I think definitely having um, Yannick as well as Lydia Pink uh, is additions to. Um, yeah, shout just, out Dan. That actually makes hockey a lot more fun to be. Yeah, around. I think that's cool. I wonder if they're gonna translate that over to basketball as well, Maybe. because that would be that'd be certainly super be sweet. wild. Yeah, but uh, I think when it comes down to how this team plays this weekend, I think Michigan Tech, take care of the basketball, run your stuff, be gritty, out beat them on the boards, and you're going to be just fine. They're not necessarily a team that shoots the lights out each and every night. Uh, Northern Michigan, we got to worry about that, man. One struggling. name. That's really all you got to worry about. Yeah. I mean, what was it, last season when they came to our place, he had like a 32-point performance in one half. Yeah. Or something, he ended with like 45 points. Yep. He went like six for six from three yep. and he scored like 18 in a row or something like that. Yep. He's him. Uh, we'll be honest with you. He was Gliak uh, preseason player of the year. So you definitely got to watch out for that. But I mean, other than that, Northern Michigan, they're five and three away. They're the same as us. When they're at home, they're pretty much unbeatable. But when they're away, the, the cards can kind of get flipped a little bit. And to be honest, they've been playing not super hot on the offensive side a little bit throughout the beginning of the season. They've kind of picked it up a little bit, uh, but they are fresh off a loss against Grand Valley. Uh, and now with at home, which is tough Ooh. looks for them. Uh, and they got Lake state right before that. And they're going to Lake state. So they can maybe get on a little bit of a skid here. Who knows? Cause Lake state played upset to us and they're, they're no spoiler to that. So we'll see how that goes. But Max Berkland is uh Going to be the main focus of the defense, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Northern Michigan's a better defensive team than Michigan Tech is as well, and that's yeah. what's really put them over the hump as opposed to difference in first and last. Uh, but I think when you look at Northern, I mean, that's that's your number one priority. Obviously, there's other great players on the floor as well um, that are worth mentioning. Like, you have you have Jorklin. He's obviously the guy. Uh, but, I mean, they still have some other great players as well that that, that can fill it up when, especially he's double-teamed, you know. Like, Waysbrod's a good player. He's averaging double figures as well as, uh, uh, Brian Parzanich, he's a good player at 14.8 points per game. Dylan Cole's a very efficient shooter uh, at the forward spot, but just making sure that you really lock him down. If you prevent him from scoring 20, 30 points, you're going to have a shot to win the game. It's when he unloads for 30, 40 points is when you're in trouble because then really they only have to match his performance to get to 80. And usually around that mark, when you hit the eighties uh, for a lot of teams, not necessarily our team, uh, cause we are one of the best offensive teams in the conference, if not the country. That's when, when you get to eighties, now you're in a pretty good honey, honey hole right now of where you were at. And you don't necessarily have to worry about defense as much. Um, you just got to hold them under 75 as opposed to, you yeah. know, 60 to 55. That's a different mm -hmm. kind of an animal, but we've proven that we can win in both types of scenarios. We saw that at Wayne state and Saginaw's coach Brogma said in the post game. Uh, and I think that we can have a good chance to get a sweep here this weekend, Joe. For sure. That's going to be it for basketball. Now going on to the ice. 
Minnesota State's coming to town. This one's going to be one of the toughest matchups, I think, for hockey so far this year. We're able to go to their place earlier in the season, get two wins, valuable six points. Hopefully we can do the same thing. However, you know that they're going to be <laughs> the Mavericks are going to be ready to roll, and uh, they're not going to be any slouches here. I mean, they're 14th in the country right now. They're on a heater. They're playing really solid. They're hot. It's going to be a really tall order, but... I mean, with the way the team played in uh, in the second matchup against uh, Michigan Tech and the way that the CCHA is starting to really shape up during the beginning of the season, didn't have a lot of a lot of teams who are kind of making noise in the in the rankings. But I mean, you got Bowling Green who's flirting with it. Michigan Tech is in the rankings. Minnesota State is in the rankings. You got a lot of teams that can really uh, go crazy with it. But you got Mavericks coming to town. You got arguably one of the best offenses. It's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Doesn't this feel like a rivalry game? We have, uh, it kind of does now. I feel like we've like been able to put up enough competition where it's starting to get to that point. This isn't feeling like a, it a doesn't true feel- Grand Valley type of rivalry or some other some I other what, team, but this is an underrated rivalry now because of the fact of when Minnesota State plays us, it doesn't matter how good or bad we are. We always put up a good fight against them. And we've proved that even when they're a national powerhouse. But now it just kind of feels like, oh, yeah, we're going to like, doesn't it feel good, Joe, the fact that we can talk about these like playing these top 10 teams in the country be like, oh, yeah, we have a really good shot to beat them. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, look how far we've come already. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Also, side note, I feel like Grand Valley could go D1 in hockey and then they're kind of like make it even better. Whoa, aren't they D3? They are ACHA Division One. Oh, okay. So, so like they play like hope and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the, other, like they play like a lot of like the down South schools and stuff. How good are they in the ACHA? Uh, pretty good. I think are I mean, they they're like pretty solid title contenders type of good. Uh, or I they- don't know. I follow ACHA hockey and like Instagram and stuff. Cause like I have some friends in the club team here at Ferris. Uh, but I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're good. Let me look at this. GVSU hockey on Instagram. Yeah. I've looked at some, I just pulled up their, their stats here. They beat a couple good they are teams 2011. Here. ACHA D2 national champs and this year's conference champs for them. Oh, so, okay. So, I mean, I'm guessing pretty good. Yeah. They play like Davenport. They play Davenport a lot, like Calvin, all those teams. Yeah. A couple D1 club teams as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Though. Michigan, all them, all them Jones. You think that they can wow. move all the way up to D1? I mean, they have the numbers too. I mean, I don't know if they, I mean, that's the same with Lindenwood. I mean, Lindenwood was wild. Now they're not, I mean, yeah, they're not very I feel good. like if you just, they have the so, the funds. I feel like that would be a sick thing. Like if they jumped up and you could have the anchor bone in hockey too, you know how wild that would get? Wild. You could fill up Van Andel, I feel like. Oh, that would. If you did anchor bone like at Van Andel? I would say that would probably be so. You could, you could do some damage there. Is this just another excuse for us to beat GV? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe. What if Grand Valley listeners are on this podcast? So, I don't like them. Okay. I mean, you've definitely proven that over the last... Three, three years, three years, of, three years of doing this podcast, yeah. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, but I think this would be that would be very interesting. I'm, you got me a little off track here. I'm thinking. I don't know what I don't know what the the what you have to do like logistics wise, but if yeah. they're good enough, I feel like I'm sure you have to establish it as a sport, which you have to go through the NCAA and all the, the eligibility requirements yeah. and all that. Well, I mean, there's already. I mean, there's also already and, yeah. like 10, 15 schools that aren't D one. They have just a D one hockey team that are D two, like Minnesota State, all those guys, Bemidji. Us, Tech, Northern, yeah, all them. Interesting. 
Interesting idea. Maybe GV will be D1 hockey one day. We'll never know. Um, but I think definitely when it comes down to Minnesota State, um, staying true to our game. They're going to try to get you off your high horse a little bit. They're going to try to make you play more physical. Um, they're going to try to be a little bit more gritty than you. Uh, that's what they're really good at fundamentals-wise. They're not the fastest team. They're not necessarily um, like the quickest team, the most strategic team, but they will, they can, will pound you. They are going yeah. to try to physically beat you. And that's how they beat a lot of teams. And that's how they're such a good program is they don't have to rely on talent year in and year out when they have the fundamentals and the toughness down uh, within that program and Mike Hastings team. But I think when you look at how our team plays, we're just as gritty. We've shown that. The Michigan Tech game last Saturday was a prime example. Being down at each point in the period, coming back to tie it up is absolutely huge. It was absolutely huge. And especially with our backs against the wall the final five minutes when we were down a goal, being able to get that goal. Uh, I mean, just the fact of leaving the goaltender with a minute and a half to go and getting that execution shows the confidence in this team. And mm-hmm. that's what I absolutely love to see because Michigan Tech and Minnesota State in the rankings aren't too far apart, you know? Yeah, they're right. They're right next to each other, 13 and 14. It's not and crazy. Bowling Green of Bemidji got votes too to be in, so. Are they both that good though? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess you. I, I feel guess, like they're better than like Northeastern and UMass Lowell. That's true. I think, I think Bemidji's a good team. I I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, know. Bowling Green's number top, aren't they close to the top of the table for they, CCHA? They are, they are, but I think... I mean, they're 14 and 13 overall, but I mean, there are some teams that are just the same. They, Michigan well, State's 13 and 11, and they're 15th out. Yeah, because like, I think Bowling Green is a team that has, like, non-con, they've not played as many tougher teams as, like, like us, have. I guess the Big Ten is tough, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I but who else did they play it? I guess is the point of that. We beat them. How are they that high? Right, I don't know. That's like the thing. Michigan Tech beat them, and they were lower ranked. They're like ranked nineteenth at the time when they beat them. How are they fifteen? Oh, okay. Anyway, moving on. Give me a vote. Give, Give me, me a vote. vote right now. We need an access to. I won't even polls. put. I won't even put Fair State in the top twenty. I just redo this whole thing. Oh, you put them 21. That's what you're saying. Yeah, they're probably like 23, 24. Ah, uh, 20. Whoa, 23, 24. I think they could, they could be a top 25 team. You know, I feel they, like, you know how they would be to uh, the top 25. They sweep Minnesota State at home this weekend. Well, if they sweep, then yeah, you, you should put them in the top 25. I think you should. You win three out of the f- next four against top 15 teams. And you already beat Michigan State. And I mean, you can't, State. you can't even say I, like, I that's know. not even like a bad argument. What like if you're really mean? talking about, let's, okay, let's, let's discuss, let's discuss like scholars here. Let me pull up ice hockey schedule here real quick. We have beat, okay. We lost Western Michigan. We beat Michigan Tech twice this year, two out of three times, tied Bemidji State in a shootout. All right. And then we won the shootout. The first one, uh, Bowling Green won one of them. They're in contention to be in the top 20, swept Minnesota State. Northern Michigan has been kind of playing wishy-washy, not the greatest, not the worst, uh, but we split with them. I mean, you upset Michigan State. You beat Michigan Tech once in the later part of the season. I feel like that's enough of a resume to be top 20 at least. You think so? I mean, you're not, not going to put them at like 14, 15 or nothing, but no, 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 top no. 20 for sure. Top 20? I put them at 20. I feel like we beat RIT. Yo, I feel like we'd be even be Northeastern, yeah. I think you could beat them. I definitely think, I mean, I think we can sweep a team like Minnesota State and Michigan. I thought Michigan Tech we could sweep. I really did think that when we Michigan were Michigan State that, really didn't even play that well. No. Like they did not look good. Both nights. No, they didn't look right. I think they had a bad weekend compared to their overall potential. I mean, maybe, but, but Michigan Here, Tech deserves it because they played two tournaments in the span of a week, basically. Yeah. Over break. And, and they, they played won, well. And they played great in both of them. Yeah. I think when you when it comes down to it, I think this is what really keeps us out of it. 
we don't take care of business in the games we need to. That is true. That's the problem. Yes. We play up and down. And whatever the competition level is, we play up, we play down. And that's really what's prevented us from getting sweeps. That's prevented us from beating all these some of these lower teams like Lake State and St. Thomas. And just not being able to take care of that business is what coaches see. And that's why we're not necessarily in the top 25. Yeah. That's the only thing holding us back because right now we have the resume of beating these teams like Minnesota State, like Michigan Tech, like Michigan State. But just taking care of business when we need to. Right. Is the big thing. Tough looks, man. It is tough looks, but lots of great hockey on deck. Huge matchup. We need you guys to show up, show out in the dog pound this weekend. Friday, 7.07. Saturday, 6.07. A lot of great hockey. It's a blast. It's going to be a huge day. It's a whole slate of Bulldog Athletics, I just realized. Yeah. Everybody's home. Home women's, home men's basketball. Tennis is home. And, oh, and tennis. You're right, Joe. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about tennis here in just a minute. But anyway, going over in the Fair State Sports Report, track and field in action. Bill Klinger Classic at Grand Valley. This meet is loaded. Let me Ooh, tell you is what. here. Who's oh, there? Oh, man. There is a lot there. And when I looked at the the oh, the, the seed times overall, um, I mean, it is looking absolutely insane for how many. Because there is also a meet going on at Saginaw, the Jets Pizza Invitation, which probably everybody has might have no heard way. of the track and field. It's just because it's named after Jets Pizza, which. That, yeah, Jets Pizza. Yes, of course you get Jets pizza. That would be dumb if you didn't. But based on what we heard there is they were loading up the 3K. And mm. now and it was like, oh, the 3K is not going to be great because that's what I was planning on uh, running, which I still am. Yeah. Because I looked at Bill Klinger um, for the me in, uh, entries already. And I'm pretty sure last time I checked, there was about 80 entries in there. Jeez, man. 80. How people. many heats that mean? That's going to mean probably four heats. I would, I would. So you got to run the 3K like three times. Oh no! Just you will be split up into four different races within the within the three. Oh, and then they take the best times. Yeah, and it goes all compiled times. But I mean, there's guys in there from eight eighteen, which is national qualifier, uh, automatic national uh, standard hitting type of times. What time you rocking? At ten oh nine. I'm shooting for nine flat this weekend. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. You got Um, it. Easy money. You got it. Yeah, I think it is possible. I would just like to break into the eights. I think that would be super cool. But uh, right now, that that right now with that seat time puts me about halfway. Uh, It's still like nine ten or nine twelve because I haven't ran it competitively since freshman year. The last two that I raced were either out on secondary doubles after the mile or I was yeah. still injured um, from COVID or my broken foot. So, Oh, you got it, man. So I think it'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I have some teammates in that one as well. The mile is looking to be stacked up really well. Donis Harris is in that one. Record is it. Or I record say, holder. Record holder is going for the record. He's number two all time. He's looking for number one as it appears right now as he Let's has listed go. in the mile. He needs 411. I believe it's uh, 411 3. Um, uh, I think, or something like that. If he breaks right, 410, he's right. got it for sure. So it's only a second off of what he did, but uh, we'll see. There's going to be a lot of guys in there that'll bring him along in this heat. So that'll be fun to watch. The 800 is going to be stacked with dogs, as I've seen already. Uh, but this is going to be a long meet for sure. It's going to be one of attrition who can uh, stay focused for the longest or who can uh, kick it back just enough and get back on track when it needs to count when the races will begin because it's going to be a long meet. You're going to be staying there a long time uh, and you're going to be eating a lot of food and you're going to be doing a lot of watch and you're going to be doing a lot of sitting, a lot of standing. So just being able to really compose yourself uh, and really take it easy when you need to and not overdo yourself. Uh, I think is really one of the biggest keys to running. And I think that's kind mm-hmm. of the one that's overlooked of like not going around, walking around all day, you know, like just being able to kind of stay chill, uh, but still lock in when, you, when you're within that hour and kind of get into the zone uh, is definitely important, which it's, it's really hard to do at a big meet like this. 
the show, man. I'm excited to see what the team does. I think so. I think there's going to be great. I mean, uh, also, which will be announced here later, just for the podcast listeners, we also had a sprinter break into the top five this oh. weekend. So that will be published most likely next week. Uh, the only reason we held back. Let's go. Um, we don't have a picture quite of him yet, which we will get one for him this weekend. Uh, but also the fact that um, he's probably going to be potentially run faster because it was his first race this last weekend. So uh, it's going to be super fun to see uh, how they do as well. And it's just going to be, I think it's going to be a really good meet overall. And I think we're going to see a lot of great times because this is probably the first big meet of the year. It's not yeah. necessarily big meet because ironically that is but the it's name, a big number, but it's going to be the biggest meet we've had all year. The first two have kind of been rust busters a little bit. Now we're into the thick of it. Big time racing coming on deck. Big time racing. Gonna Could be have said it better myself. Going to be fun. On Flow Sports, so you can watch track and field. You can watch uh, myself. You can watch my teammates. You can watch them compete. You just need a Flow Sports account, which if you sign up for that, you can see all of you can, Bulldog Athletics. That's you can also deal. hear me on the old intermission report for hockey, so That's you can hear right. my beautiful voice. You can hear Joe. He does a great job with Ryan in the intermission report, so you should check out. hang out, say what I want to say. Yeah, go over some scores around the league. Have a good time. That's really all it is, man. Just shoot the breeze, man. For real. There you go. Finishing out the Ferris Stage Sports Report. Tennis. Tennis was in action as of recently. Uh, good <laughs> overall. Good overall. I, th- I wouldn't call it. a good start. Yeah, it was It was a tough one. I mean, you can't really. I, it's hard to not mention the 7 nothing score over to, yeah. against Western. But uh, I think it's the first one in a while. So I mean, you, well, you're playing D1, though. I mean, you're still 2-0 and at that point. You'll right. play a D1 team, 7-0, tough loss. But you're playing Northwood in Indianapolis this weekend. Yeah, so That's so. going to be solid. Old Gliak opponent, you know him. You're going to be solid. You're playing Indianapolis, another D2 opponent. Not sure how good they are, to be honest. Uh, but men's is the same exact thing. They fresh off a of seven. I mean, not really fresh. They play in October, but uh, still, it's going to be a nice one. They're on a 7-0 run from the fall season. Going to be starting it up. I can't wait to see it. It's a home one. I might go watch. I don't know, man. Might might mess around and go watch. Might go watch. Hey, it's a pretty go. nice setup, honestly, in the racket center. Yeah, I mean, it'll certainly be fun. I'll have some empty time next week to watch then. So, hey, go. go watch women's tennis. Go watch men's tennis as well so, once they start getting going as well, um, which I believe, if I remember correctly, is as of recently as well. So, they'll be in the action the same time as the women. So, there you go. Hey-o. You can watch both teams at one, uh, or not at one, I should say. I believe it's at two, and then I believe it's at... Uh, men's uh, is at two, women's is at 10 a.m. That's correct. And 10.30 a.m. So... And I've actually learned that if you go like right at noon, you can get the, you can get the crossover and you can watch both of them within a two hour span. It's actually pretty sweet. Um, so, but you can cool check beans. it out all out. You can also watch it online. I know they've had a stream in the past. I'm sure they've kept that going up for you to watch Ferris State Tennis as well as we'll cover it uh, next week's show when we recap all the goodness that's happened in Ferris State Athletics. And we can't nice. wait to get to that. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there's a new football team coming into Detroit. Stay tuned. What? Are you a Ferris State student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Bulldog Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. Final part of the show. Here we go. As alluded to. Football in Detroit, that's not the Lions, Joe. What? I know you've heard about this, and we wanted to bring it up on air. The USFL has the Michigan Panthers now going to be slated in Detroit, and they're going to play at Ford Field. That's yeah. pretty sweet. And so I'm actually pretty excited for that. I feel like that's going to be pretty cool because, especially the USFL, like when they first started, and especially last year, like they didn't really have a lot of fans, mainly because like COVID stuff, but also like, 
I feel like they just didn't play it in the right spots. But with Ford Field, that's going to be sick. I'm reading an article right now. I mean, they're playing host. Or Ford Field's going to be host to the Panthers and the Philadelphia Stars. Mm-hmm. If that interests you at all, I guess. But, I mean, also, it's kind of funny because the Michigan Panthers are also, like, the worst team in the USFL, which uh, yeah. fitting they for— They weren't the worst. Fitting for— uh, for football fans in Michigan. Yeah, they were um, second to last, but they were pretty, they're pretty they're close. Pretty, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't uh the greatest thing by any means. But yeah, I love the USFL. I love watching football in the summer and especially seeing the like you're kind of seeing it grow a little bit already in such a short time. I feel like it's really promising seeing like we don't really have a lot of semi pro football at all. It's more just like or like more covered that much. It's kind of just like college and then you have NFL. And of course there's been semi-pro football and stuff. I mean, the XFL tried to get going a little bit. It's starting back up soon. Uh, but now you got the USFL too. I feel like you got like a lot more platforms for players to get some exposure. Like some that kind of slipped to the cracks, some that slipped to the cracks. Cause I mean, with us, we've seen a lot of D two players who could really match or outplay a lot of D one players. You know, they just haven't really got the exposure. So I think if they're able to go here and make some noise, I feel like you really see a lot of players that, you know, are diamonds in the rough that get found. Yeah, I think when you look at the whole foundation of the USFL uh, returning as well as Dwayne The Rock Johnson's XFL the that's Rock. coming out. Uh, I mean, for one, slam dunk for all football fans out there. Oh, yeah. Football it's year like year-round, round, yeah. Yeah, year-round football. Time. Who doesn't love that? The second thing is, when it comes down to the, I think when you really heard this from The Rock, especially with the XFL, as a former guy that, you know, wanted to play in the NFL, mm-hmm. was told he couldn't, and... Uh, didn't get drafted and tried out for a bunch of teams. Didn't really have an alternative league that you could pr- really kind of prove yourself. Um, and now they're creating that for the upcoming players that they can have a platform. They can still pr- play professional football uh, just in a different league. So uh, I think it's cool. I think it's a, a slam dunk. I mean, as far as um, from a marketing standpoint, I mean, who doesn't love more football? Obviously, it's not the NFL. It's not as prominent. But I think there's still enough platform where... People, there's just like when you have, especially with uh, how Major League Baseball has really kind of dwindled, it seems like an interest. Uh, I think this is the perfect time for USFL, the XFL to bring football into the spring and the summer where now it's like, oh, now we have football year round. Don't have to worry about Major League Baseball. So now we got a lot of pressure coming on Rob Manfred and the MLB to try to see if they can. Yeah, the worst commissioner in all of sports. I wonder what he's going to try to figure out. Oh, boy. Yeah. I remember the best bit we did of that. I've done not like Rob Manfred at all. Yeah, it was definitely a fun episode. You can check out all the old episodes as well as all the best bits, which I'm fairly certain we had one of Robert Manfred. On I'm there. sure. I'm sure we, we can make one right now. I mean, Rob Manfred sucks. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's we, be real here. Yeah, He's terrible. Oh, oh, I remember what it was. What is it? It was the shot callers in the summer. Yeah, that's that? what it was. Crossover mm-hmm. Barrett Jones, Travis Hicks. When we did that show mm, yeah. in the summer, you made a comment about how Robert Manfred was the worst. Yeah, I said he should retire or quit or something or be fired. Yeah. So Joe loves the SF, USFL and he's never even, or the XFL and he hasn't even seen it before because it's taking place in baseball. But I mean, hey, the Tigers don't look terrible, but I mean, Tigers aren't looking bad. But Are you going to be watching the Panthers now or the Tigers? I mean, it'll probably be both. I mean, Tigers kind of suck right now. Another hot take. I think Illich should sell to the Tigers. I feel like they should just focus that whole, their money on the Red Wings. Really? Yeah. Where do they sell the Tigers to? I don't know. Somebody. Somebody. Figure it out. The DeVosses. I don't know. The DeVosses. I mean, they got money. They could just. What's they'll it? probably be the richest owners in baseball at that point. Probably. They pretty much have everything, it seems like. In the state of Michigan, as far as prominent buildings and franchises, but I don't, yeah, that whole situation. I don't like, I, I was happy when Mike Illich had a team, but now that his son is kind of in charge of it. Chris, you don't like Chris? I do not like Chris at all. 
Chris is, trust fund, baby. Chris, <laughs> Chris ain't it. He kind of just got it. But regardless, going back to Michigan Panthers, very excited for this. <laughs> I'm, I love football. I love watching it. And I think, especially now that it's kind of being the summer, I feel like a lot of people are going to be, you know, getting behind this team. I think too, because what last year were they on ESPN or was it more of like a streaming service only? Uh, I can't actually remember. I know it was on Hulu, was. right? I think it was on one of the platforms. Google. I want to say, I think the USFL, uh, well, they also, if you remember correctly, they introduced, um, uh, or I should say, excuse me. Oh, and that was, that was weird. Uh, if I remember correctly, they were on NFTs. They were working on that process Wild. back when those were hitting. Remember when you could buy player NFTs of the weird. players? That was a very interesting whole weird. dynamic of how that went, but it's on NBC. Is it really? Oh, yeah. wow. So they, oh, that's have, on cable. So I'm guessing it'll probably be on Peacock. Yeah. So they have Peacock. Then NBC also has Sunday night football. Mm. And they'll have, wait, you're going to hold on the market here. They don't have, they don't have the major league world series. It's Fox. Yeah. That's Fox. Uh, they don't have him. Yeah. NBA is TNT. TNT. Hockey's ESPN. Hockey's now ESPN. Yep. Well, TNT and CBS. Yeah, true. So they have all the, they have pretty much all the football content now. Yeah. Except for Monday night and Thursday. Isn't it weird that every single company in the world is owned by like one of five companies? Pretty much. I just thought of that. That's wild. That's scary almost. It's monopolies. Let's start a company. Let's rival them. Yeah. And we'll own everything. The most valuable sports network. That's wild though. That would be pretty scary. It's scary almost, man. Yeah, it is kind of scary. You don't know what they're blocking from our eyes. You don't know what they're censoring. Yeah. What's the government hiding from us right now? Oh gosh. We should try to- Wild how we went from Michigan Panthers football to what's the government hiding from us? Oh no. Our phones are starting to get tapped. Oh no. They're trying to call us right now. You're going to be listening to this podcast and halfway through, they're just going to cut it out. Oh, oh, they just hacked our, They just hacked everything. So I don't know what to do now with the show. <laughs> yep. But uh, that would be really interesting, though. The lights just turned off in the studio. Yeah. Now, oh, oh no, now we got to go because now there's people banging on the door. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we do pretty much have to end the episode here. But yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, it's been. It's going to be interesting to see how the USFL, the XFL, as well do. Uh, it's good to see another yeah. team in Ford Field. It'll be very weird. Side note as well. Yes. You know what else I'm excited for coming up? What's that? In March. Give you. Th- I'll give you a guess. It's three letters. Three letters. The WBC. World oh, Baseball Classic, baby. That's right. It's back. That's big time. USA versus Dominican Republic versus Puerto Rico. Who's going to go after US team? We can talk about this Tuesday. I kind of want to talk about this Tuesday because this right. one's going to be big time. But Let's yeah. slate it for Tuesday. US team is looking scary good right now, man. They I ain't going to lie. I don't know if it's going to match the 2017 World Baseball Classic because that was one for the ages. That one was a peak. That was a peak. That WBC. was a peak, yeah. That was a uh, that was incredible. That honestly, dude, I don't know if we can top that. That was a really good. Dunk. That was just, every game of that one was just wild and crazy. It was like the 2016 NBA season. You remember how crazy that was? It was like the whole year of 2016. I don't 2016 think, to 2017. 2016, yeah, 2016 to start of 2018. Like that was peak life. That was. I would like you had everything. I Music was kicking. Time. Music was kicking. Life was kicking. I mean, we were in high school. We had no cares in the world. I feel like every single person from a 12 year old to a 90 year old could agree that in the past decade or not even the past decade, in the past century, 2016 was top, top three years of all time. You think so? Yeah. 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 I mean, let's just end the show like this. Let's the get, year of our Lord, 2016. 2016 to 2017, for the year personified, we give you a round of applause for being so fantastic. We probably can't ever replicate it ever again, no. but hopefully maybe someday we'll get close. And thank we'll you, see. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show, the MVSP. For more, make sure you log on to Spotify uh, and Apple Podcasts and YouTube to get all the clips. We dropped the Best Bits episode today. We did. If you're Lions fans, we talked about what this team can do to be an NFC title contender. Yes, sir, so we did. Check that yes, out sir, as well. 
not mine. Don't forget to subscribe at the MVSP on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, take care, everybody.